And we are live here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. What's up, guys? Nick Scrip on the P2W Fantasy Podcast, doing a solo show today, talking about some free agency moves that happened today. It's been a wild day for sure. And I also want to talk about some dynasty trade targets for some free agents that have not moved teams yet that I feel like you guys need to target now. And I'll go into the reasons behind that in a second. Uh, as always, if you are tuning in right now, this podcast is partnered up with the Fantasy Points Media Group. Go to fantasypoints.com slash subscribe and check out what they have to offer. There's articles, there's rankings, projections. They cover DFS, they cover redraft, dynasty. There's a lot going on all in one spot. You can use my promo code P2W22 for a discount. I'm on there every single day. I think it's well worth it. So as I said before, uh, talking free agency, what's happened, and then also some guys that target before things happen. And uh, if you are tuning in right now, can't see comments on Twitter, but if you want to shoot over to the YouTube channel, I can see your comments there or on Facebook as well. Uh, always like people chiming in and uh, uh, giving some thoughts. So let's get the, uh, to the show here in a second. All right, all right. So busy day, busy day. I have my phone next to me just in case something breaks while we're on this stream here. Uh, it seemed like every time I was trying to take a couple notes of things that were happening today, something else happened. So uh, I've been trying to stay active with uh, jotting down a couple thoughts for things that did happen. But if you are tuning in right now, I'm going to recap some of the moves that happened today, maybe some quick thoughts on what that means for fantasy. And then I, I want to finish the stream with some dynasty trade targets for guys that have not had any news break that I feel like you should target now before they potentially have a new team. So I'm going to share my screen over here. And uh, again, can't see comments on Twitter, but if you want to comment, go to the YouTube channel and I can put that on the screen. Always like interacting with people watching the show. Uh, first set of news though today, James Conner, James Conner, oh, swiping the wrong screen. James Conner back with the Arizona Cardinals and, and you know what that means. Uh, we'll talk about Chase Edmonds in a second, but he is gone. James Conner's back. Uh, you can't bank on touchdowns. But Connor was so efficient in the red zone <clears throat> for Arizona this year. And the Cardinals were comfortable giving him the ball and giving him that work in the red zone. He had 15 red zone touchdowns on 42 red zone attempts. Uh, what percentage is that for touchdowns? 35.71, which is very, very good. That's highly efficient. Uh, he had the highest touchdown percentage of all running backs with 20 plus red zone attempts. So we can we can look at, you know, is he going to have these games? I have his uh, his season right here. Is he going to have these games where he rushes for you know for over a hundred yards? You know, maybe not, maybe not. But is he going to have a lot of opportunities in the red zone? Opportunities to score? Are they going to trust him to do so? Absolutely. And again, we can't bank on the touchdown season that Connor did have, but being back in that system with no Chase Edmonds, it's a good sign. It's a good sign. I think the number one thing for Connor is just going to be you know his health and and <clears throat> I. I don't believe in labeling guys injury prone and, you know, getting into that. Uh, I had uh, Edwin from fantasy points on the show. So I learned from him, uh, but 
that's going to be important for Connor. As long as he's staying healthy, um, I, I think he's going to have a lot of good opportunity. And if you held on to him in, in, in fantasy, I think you should be pretty happy that he's back with the Cardinals because, again, they trust him in the red zone. They trust him to give him the ball to punch it in. Next guy on the list, just running through things here. Again, solo pod, so I don't want to talk myself for an hour uh, and lose my voice or anything. But, <clears throat> oh, there he updated on ESPN. Chase Edmonds with Miami. So, Chase Edmonds, I've always had a mixed you know, feel for him because I feel like people's expectation for him before Connor was with you know Arizona this past season with that he was going to be this this different version of like an Alvin Kamara because he's profiled as a pass-catching running back, and I think a lot of people wanted him to be the full workload guy. In Miami, I think the opportunity is, is there for him to be the RB1. I'm just curious in Miami, you know, are they going to add somebody else to to uh, work with Edmonds in the backfield? Um, will he get the bulk of the touches as of right now today? It looks like it could be the case. But if we're looking at, you know, Connor and Edmonds, who profiles as the RB1 that's going to take the majority of the touches, I might lean Connor with Arizona versus Chase Edmonds with the Dolphins, just because, again, a lot of moving pieces to be said. But I think, as again, as of today, uh, for both of these guys, if you have them for fantasy, I think you're pretty happy because both have a nice opportunity. Uh, if you are looking to trade for them, I don't know if now is the time. I think like a guy like Chase Edmonds, if you have some faith in him in the Dolphins end up bringing in another guy, that might be the time to trade for him if you still have that faith because not all eyes are focused on him getting you know 25 touches in a game. But Again, for fantasy, for both of those guys, Connor and Edmonds, uh, good day to see them, you know, in a nice opportunity. Uh, next on the list, Mitch Trubisky, which was, you know, he was in a lot of rumors to be um, a guy that was going to step in and take over the lead role, and he does so with Pittsburgh, which I think is is a great situation to be in. I, obviously, they... They don't have the best, you know, offensive line. I believe they made some sort of move for uh, a guy today. I'd have to look back on the notes. I focus more on just fantasy players. But, you know, having the likes of Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, maybe Juju, not sure, uh, but Big Pat at the tight end position and then a pass-catching running back in Najee Harris, I think those are, are good things for Mitch. And if they can protect him, uh, we know – in the past, he's displayed the the dual threat ability, using his legs and then being effective at times as a passer. Uh, I, I think the big thing for Mitch, you know, in the past was you know juggling his ac you know accuracy and having good games and then you know throwing the ball directly to linebackers and things like that. But I think he's set up pretty nicely here, and I think you know sitting out here and potentially learning uh, behind the Bills staff that work with Josh Allen was probably big for for Mitch. Um, we know Allen Robinson had success with Mitch. Uh, he had a massive target share in 2019, uh, 2020 for Robinson. It was more of a split between Mitch and Foles, but Allen Robinson, 2019, 2020, 154 and 151 targets. And I think, what does that mean for the Steelers? I think I look at Deontay Johnson and, and say, Hey, you know, could he, have that sort of volume with Mitch, and, and, and I think it could be the case. We, we look at Deontay Johnson. He had 144 and 169 targets the last two seasons, and although the quarterback has changed, the coaching staff, Mike Tomlin, is not. Um, 
and we look at, you know, other guys in the system, Chase Claypool. Somebody asked me earlier, they're like, what does this mean for Chase Claypool? And it's it's hard to tell because I feel like the A dot for Ben, you know, for Big Ben was low, but I don't think that Mitch comes in and he's going to be this like, you know, gunslinger deep down the field that, you know, maybe you wanted for Chase Claypool. Um, I do remember in the past Mitch being a little inconsistent, you know, down the field, but you got to think that he probably is going to be able to push the ball a bit better than, than big Ben, um, how, you know, efficient he's going to be. That's to be determined. What I really like about this move is for Najee Harris, because Mitch and Tariq Cohen at one point had a great connection and he was, uh, doing a bunch of dump off passes to, to, to Tariq Cohen before he was, um, injured and Tariq Cohen had that huge, uh, fantasy year and, and knowing that, um, knowing that, Tariq, Tariq Cohen was successful with Mitch Trubisky. I think it's a good sign for Najee Harris being uh, the number one targeted running back this past season and having all that volume. So it's a, it's good signs there for uh, for Najee Harris. But interesting day to see Mitch Trubisky back at it. But uh, he, he took his, his his time off and and now he's a starting quarterback. I think it's better. A lot of people are kind of polarized by it. A lot of people are saying, well, is it really that? big of a move for the Steelers uh, in comparison to Mason Rudolph. I, I think so. Next guy on the list, Christian, you know, money bags, Kirk uh, making all that money. Um, I, I guess there is a, you know, a certain amount that was released that he was getting and everybody was like wide eyed wondering why the hell this guy is getting that sort of money. But then some more details came out, you know, how the money was shaped. And I don't even want to get too much into that. Cause I uh, just rather talk about the fantasy aspects of it, but Going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, this past season, Christian Kirk had six games of 15-plus fantasy points. He had two games of 20-plus fantasy points. So we know that he could be effective for fantasy. The thing was, though, with, with uh, the Cardinals, he had inconsistent targets. He had a, you know, a few weeks, the first few weeks of the season, this is what his targets looked like, 5-4-8-1. So to predict what he was going to get on a given week was pretty difficult for uh, Christian Kirk this past season. Um, I, th I think that the chance for solidified targets are, are definitely there now for Christian Kirk. It's just kind of weird because he can play in the slot. LaVisca Chenault can play in the slot. And now the, uh, the Jaguars also signed uh, Evan Ingram, who we'll talk about in a second. So it feels like there's a lot of guys that can kind of play in the same area of the field. So I wonder where he is going to line up because I feel like he – He's shown us before that he can be a guy that goes deep. You know, I don't know if that's his complete profile, but um, it'll be interesting to see, like, who's going to line up in the slot, you know, the the majority of the time between him and LaVisca Chenault. I wonder what the Jaguars are going to do, too, uh, if they're going to try to get one more guy to be a field stretcher. It, it's up in the air. But we know that Christian Kirk's got a decent ceiling. Uh, he has the big playability. I think this is a, a good move if you had him in, in, in fantasy. And again, if you're playing Dynasty right now, now is not the time to go and get Christian Kirk because again, we all got the notification on our phone today, or we saw it, you know, in our sleeper chat or wherever, and every everybody's eyes are on this guy. So that's not the time to go and make the move for Christian Kirk. But big signing. Uh he's got a nice opportunity. And again, I think the the difference we're hopefully going to see here is just more solidified and more predictable targets for Christian Kirk in comparison to uh, this last season. Next guy, uh, I'm just going to touch on him briefly. More of a deep league guy, but Braxton Berrios uh, back with the uh, the Jets. 
per Scott Barrett. Uh, Barrios was eighth in receptions per routes run. Um, again, more of a deep league guy, but when, you know, the Jets were down on personnel and he was on the field, he was getting a bunch of targets. So, I mean, you know, deep league stash sort of guy. I don't think, you know, for fantasy, when it comes to guys like this, you don't just go out and just hunt him down and try to work out a deal. He might be a guy that if you're interested, it's more of an added piece to a, a bigger deal. And, uh, Evan Ingram, we'll, we'll touch on here. Also a Jacksonville Jaguar. Um, the interesting thing, and again, I said before, like you picture him in like a slot role across the middle of the field, but then we know that like LaVisca Chanel can do that and Christian Kirk can do that. So how this all, you know, pieces together will be interesting to see for one. But the one sign of optimism I will note is that there was a lot of times where T-Loss, Trevor Lawrence, was was targeting the tight end at a decent rate. Dan Arnold and James uh, O'Shaughnessy combined for 75 targets. So if you put them together, because they both only played, I think, seven games each for the Jaguars. If you put them together as one player, 75 targets, that would have been the third most targets for uh, a player on the Jaguars. Uh, there's weeks where uh, we saw T-Law targeting the tight end position pretty heavily. Uh, O'Shaughnessy had six-plus targets in three of his seven appearances. Dan Arnold had seven targets in four of his seven appearances. So definitely, you know, there was times where uh, T-Law was, was giving the tight end a lot of targets. Uh, but again, it's going to be interesting to see where um, guys are lining up and, and how the system operates. But I guess at the end of the day, you could say the Jaguars addressed it, you know, addressed the pass catching uh, issue for Trevor Lawrence uh, a decent amount today. Do they have a clear, you know, Wide receiver one stud alpha, not right now, but I guess, you know, having added pieces is better than uh, operating with what they had this past season. Last two guys to uh, touch briefly on, the Jets are bringing back Tevin Coleman. I think for Tevin Coleman, uh, bringing him back is a good sign for this guy, Michael Carter, because if the Jets went out and, you know, spent capital on, Leonard Fournette or, you know, are looking to get one of the better prospects in the draft. Uh, that might have been a little nerve-wracking for Michael Carter um, fantasy managers, but I think Tevin Coleman being back and seeing that, you know, now they're making sure they have at least two guys in the system with, uh, I think, Ty Johnson still there, uh, is a better sign than a, a stud running back coming in. And then C.J. Uh, Uzoma is going to be a Jet as well. Um he doesn't really profile. We know this is a guy that's going to have like, you know, consistent seven target games and, you know, be uh, operating all over the field and, you know, separating from defenders and getting all this volume. But what he does do is score touchdowns, right? Uh, you look at these weeks, weeks four, week seven, uh, two touchdown games back when he was with the Bengals. Um, he's a guy that can score. And I think that's, that's nice for the jets. Nice for Zach Wilson. You know, Ryan Griffin was, playing tight end for them for a majority of the season. I think uh, Yaboa was playing kind of, um, but Uzoma is going to be a guy that's going to be a red zone option for Zach Wilson. So that's some uh, reactions to news today. I'm missing stuff for sure. I got my phone out just in case um, anybody else uh, gets, gets signed and I have to drop the phone. It was funny last year, Curtis Samuel got like signed to the uh, Washington 
whatever they were at the time uh, when I was on a live stream and uh, my buddy BZ called that live, which was kind of cool. But uh, let's get into some trade targets that I feel like you should go after like now before they find a new home or hit some news. Uh, timing is key in Dynasty. I've been saying this like nonstop. This has been like my annoying one phrase sentence, but timing is key in Dynasty. So what we want to make sure of is that you know, we, we we play things out the right way when it comes to trades sometimes. Because, again, a guy like Christian Kirk, if you wanted Christian Kirk, for instance, I'm not, I'm not saying I do. I'm just saying in general. If you wanted Christian Kirk, you probably needed a trade for him before today, right? Because before today, we didn't know where he was going to go. Is he going to be like the wide receiver three somewhere? Is he going to be the wide receiver one somewhere? Uh, is the quarterback good on that team? I mean, we had all these questions. So in that period of like not all eyes around Christian Kirk, that was the time to go and, and get him. Now that we have, you know, the solidified situation and all eyes around Christian Kirk, it's not really a time to go trade for him. So I'm going to bring up some guys that I feel like you should trade for now before the news breaks. And again, timing is key in dynasty and you want to make that move before uh, all eyes are on them. So first guy, there's a bunch of people that are still free agents. So I just picked out a couple because, uh, I don't want to just list everybody and give you like one good optimistic reason of why you should go and trade for these guys. But the, the first guy on my list here is going to be my guy, Lombardi Lenny, Leonard Fournette, who we're not sure where he's going to go yet. So he might have that window of, you know, not all eyes around Fournette. He was injured towards the end of the season. And uh, we don't know, you know, what the situation is going to look like. But overall, RB5 in 2021. He missed two games. He averaged 18.3 fantasy points, uh, which would have made him the RB4 in points per game. You can look at, I like to look at both. Some people are like, you have to look at overall. You have to look at points per game. I, I always throw out both so I can fit both of you categories of people. Uh, he's had a history of top 10 finishes. So uh, obviously in 2021, he, he hit that mark. In 2019, he was the RB6. In 2017, he was the RB9. Uh, looking at you know some advanced stats that I put together, I have, all these different data dumps that I'm going to turn into articles at some point. I'll have to figure out for who who's going to want to uh, hook me up with uh, um, an opportunity to write, or it's just going to come from the PTW Fantasy website. But uh, Leonard Fournette, fantasy points per touch. He had 1.026, looking at the decimals. Only seven of the top 20 running backs this year had above one fantasy point per touch. And why does points per touch uh, matter? I think it matters just because it's an efficiency mark. What do they do with the touches that they have for fantasy? So it's not the end-all, be-all, but it's interesting. 35.71% of his games were 20-point or more fantasy weeks. So five out of the 14 games he played, he had 20 or more fantasy points. That's a great mark, right, for fantasy. Eckler and Fournette had the highest amount of seven-plus target weeks in 2021 with six. Swift and Fournette had the highest average targets per game, which was six. So he's hitting that seven-plus target uh, mark as well as uh, the highest average targets per game. So two really good receiving marks for Leonard Fournette. He's a guy that uh, we've seen in the past with Jacksonville and with the Bucks do both, right? Carry the ball a bunch, catch the ball a bunch. Um, we got another news break. Cowboys safety, Xavier Woods. Uh, the Panthers are signing him, if you are listening to this. Uh, Three-year deal. Uh, Brady is back, so... We know the connection is obvious between him and Leonard Fournette. Um, I 
I could see the Bucks trying to bring everybody back together, right? They they wanted Chris Guy want to be part of the team still. Uh, I'm sure Gronk is going to be back. Mike Evans is going to be there. I would I would go on a limb and say that they're going to try to get Leonard Fournette to come back for another year deal, one year deal. Uh, will he do that? I'm not sure because I was on a podcast recently with somebody who said he's chasing the money, so maybe he ends up on the Texans or something. I I, I don't know, but. If he is back with the Bucs, I think the fact that Brady Brady is back is a huge sign for Leonard Fournette because that is a good connection. Uh, that's a pass-catching connection. Um, realize I don't have him on the screen here. That's a pass-catching connection that he, he had. So if uh, Brady's back, that's a good sign for Fournette. And if he ends up being a Buccaneer, I think if you have Leonard Fournette or if you trade for him right now and he's a Buccaneer still, it's a great sign because look at the season that he just had with Tom Brady and with the Buccaneers. Uh, but there are some some other teams that have a need for the running back position. Uh, do the Bills trust Devin Singletary? Well, time will tell. The Falcons could use somebody. And some people have said before, like, look how bad Mike Davis was. We don't want a running back to go there. Well, Mike Davis and Leonard Fournette are not close in their abilities, in my opinion, if I had to analyze that. Uh, the Texans need a, a running back. Uh, the Dolphins addressed it today, but maybe they're looking at a one-two punch uh, between – Edmonds and Fournette, who knows? Uh, the Seahawks potentially might need a guy as well. Um, but again, you have the opportunity to come back to the Bucks or to go to another system. And if Fournette goes to another system, he's going to play. He's going to play because, again, he can do both. He can carry the ball. He can punch in touchdowns, and, and he can receive. I guess that's uh, three things right there. I looked at keep trade cut values around him, which could be accurate, could be inaccurate, but Jamal Williams, Robbie Anderson, Jarvis Landry, Mike Gusecki were all guys that were valued around him, I guess, and I would take Fournette above all of those guys. James Conner was pretty close, and I think that's debatable. You can probably see both sides of that uh, argument uh, for who you'd prefer, but looking at some of those other guys, I'll take Leonard Fournette all day. I'll take Leonard Fournette over a second as well uh, if you can get that. And the closer we get to the rookie drafts, the more you can get good veterans, you know, in your campaign to win now, play to win uh, for guys like Fournette. Next guy on the list, which will probably be controversial because he's got a lot of a lot of haters out there, but I think Juju's still a good target. Um, so I have to even look it up. Probably should have had this in the uh, uh, the notes, but. 25-year-old Juju Smith-Schuster. So I'll tell you what I don't want to happen. I don't want him to be back with Pittsburgh, and there's a chance that they can go after and try to uh, to re-sign him. Uh, that, that was a sleeper uh, news break about a month ago that the Steelers could try to re-sign him. The most recent report said that the Eagles and Jaguars were dark horse teams. So Jaguars, I, I don't know, because they just made some moves today. Eagles would be interesting. There's a bunch of teams that can use Juju, but we'll let, let's go into some details about him. So 2017, you know, round two pick out of USC, came out, out of the, uh, he came into the league young. His first two years in Pittsburgh, he had 917 receiving yards in 14 games. And then he had that massive 1,426 receiving yard year in 16 games the year after. Uh, 2020, 831 receiving yards. He did have nine touchdowns, though, in that 2020 season. So we've seen a season where he's had a shit ton of receiving yards. We've seen a season where he scored a lot of touchdowns. So to say, you know, everything is fluky and it was just an asterisk year, you could say that. But when you see a player do that and, you know, he came into the league uh, drawing some attention, you know, as a young, talented wide receiver, 
you know, I think we, we could be reaching sometimes saying that, you know, these are just asterisk years uh, for fantasy. Um, you know, 2017 wide receiver 30, 2018 wide receiver eight, 2020 wide receiver 17. So we're looking at some good finishes there. I mean, uh, wide receiver eight in 2018, that was that massive year. He had 111 receptions for again, uh, 1400 plus yards, uh, which rose the expectations in 2020. He was the wide receiver 17 overall. And people felt like it was such a down year for Juju, but at the end of the day, you got a guy who you didn't want as your wide receiver one, probably. And he finished as, uh, you know, within the top 20, that, that wasn't the most terrible mark, but, uh, there's a lot of teams right now that, that could use Juju. Uh, my bears could use Juju to pair with Darnell Moody. Uh, the bills could use Juju, the lions, the Texans, the saints, the Raiders, the chiefs, the Eagles, the Patriots, the jets, the commanders. There's a lot of teams that could, could use him more than others. But when so many teams need a wide receiver, I know all of us are focusing in on the NFL draft, but, a guy like this, his fantasy value can take a huge jump the minute he signs with somebody. Um, so that's why I, I have a feeling that, again, if we if we think that he can, you know, see a decent amount of targets in a new home, that he can get, you know, the yardage we've seen in the past or even like a, a, a smidge of that, I think it's a good time to trade for Juju. I, I really do. Some of the keep trade cut values, uh, Tony Pollard, a lot of you guys like him a ton, and I get it kind of, but – uh, he's still the RB2 in his system. I think I take Juju over him. Uh, Gabe Davis, I'm taking Juju because I don't think Gabe Davis is going to be the wide receiver two. I don't think he's going to be the wide receiver three potentially, especially if the Bills have Diggs, Cole Beasley, and then they add somebody, which I think they 100% should do. Uh, a second round pick, depending on your league, you know, super flex one quarterback, that's a consideration. Uh, Michael Gallup or Juju, I think you can go back and forth in that. Um, you know, Gallup's coming off of ACL, but he might have the opportunity to be back with Dak Prescott, who he's got a connection with, and Amari Cooper's gone. Again, push and pull. <clears throat> but I think Juju's a decent target right now before he finds a new home. Because if he finds a new home, then I think the value is going to change drastically. And I also think that, you know, once guys, you know, hit that sleeper notification that they are somewhere else, it's going to be too late to trade for him. So worst case scenario is back with Pittsburgh which, you know, it wouldn't be the sexiest of options just because, you know, Deontay's their wide receiver one, and then you got to juggle Claypool and, you know, Pat and uh, and Najee. But uh, I, I do think he's going to move on. I personally do think he's going to move on and find a new home. Next guy on my list, uh, and I've not been a fan of him in the past, in all honesty, but then I'm looking more into things, and, and I feel like there's some room for optimism. And it's DJ Shark. It's DJ Shark. So even at, you know, looking at his graphic, we see questionable because he missed plenty of time again this season. He had an ankle injury. He did open up the season, though, solid with a 17.6 outing. First game with uh, Trevor Lawrence. He had 12 targets, uh, only three catches, though. But he had, you know, a huge game that resulted in uh, having 86 receiving yards at the end of the day and a touchdown. Two weeks later, he had 13.9 fantasy points. He got hurt. Week four, it was out the rest of the season with an ankle injury. So, Chark, the issue with Chark and you know with his fantasy value is is him being on the field or not. So that's the risk here. Um, and again, I'm not going to label a guy as like injury prone, but that's been his issue throughout the last couple of years is his his availability. You know, 2020 was the wide receiver 41 overall. He played in 13 games. He averaged 11.8. Not great. 
2019, though, 14 games played. So, again, not a full season. Uh, wide receiver 16 overall during that season. He had 15.6 uh, average fantasy points. And he had seven games above that average. Uh, three of those games were above 100 receiving yards, with two of those games being 146 and 164 receiving yards. So we've seen him be very good in the in the fantasy points scored categories in the past and with the receiving yards in the past with with lesser quarterbacks than Trevor Lawrence, to be honest. Uh, in that season, he had two games with two touchdowns as well, so showing that he can, he can score multiple times. Uh, it's small, small sample size, only two games, but again, that's in his uh, his uh, ability. Um, rookie year, he only played 10 games, so again, it's this push and pull. Like When he's available and he's playing, he can do big things. You can have a, ga- a game where he scores 100, uh, or he, he has 100 receiving yards plus uh, and scores a touchdown or two, and then there's other games where he's just not on the field. But I think with him banking on him being healthy, right, his price right now is extremely low, in my opinion. I, I looked at key trade cut again. Alexander Madison, Tyler Boyd, Rondale Moore. You can We can go and debate on Rondale Moore. Uh, you know, his opportunity now that, you know, Kirk is gone, but Chark, 6'4 receiver with the history of big games. He is one landing spot away from being very, very fantasy relevant and, and, and uh, drawing a lot of our attention again. So I think now if I'm looking at it cost me Tyler Boyd or it cost me a late second, early third in a super flex uh league that's 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 considerable especially again looking at all the teams that need a wide receiver we mentioned it before with juju but again the bears uh the browns can use another guy the lions the texans the saints the raiders the chiefs uh the bills if he ends up going to a chiefs or a bills imagine the value uh that the value change that's going to happen for him in dynasty league so again if you have interest in shark now would be the time. Now would be the time to make a move, especially if you need a wide receiver that probably doesn't cost you too much right now. And, you know, worst case scenario, he's a flex play weekly for you. I think it's well worth it versus what his actual cost is going to be. And we mentioned Mitch finding a new home earlier. Another guy that I think is set to find a new home at some point. He, you know, he was injured. He only played the first uh, eight weeks, so seven games uh, for the Saints. I have a feeling that they're going to try to bring him back but it's Jameis Winston. So I looked at data that looked at the upside for quarterbacks, and it was two different categories. It was high passing upside and high rushing upside. And there's some guys, very small amount of guys in the league, like uh, Josh Allen that hit both of those, both of those categories, but a majority of the quarterbacks only hit one of these categories, if that. Uh, and it was interesting to look at that data set. Uh, so looking at high passing upside, I categorized it by, three plus passing touchdowns or and or uh, 300 plus passing yard games. And he didn't have any games in those 70 played with 300 plus passing yards. But again, small sample size, a little bit more conservative than, than his, uh, you know, chuck it up days with the Buccaneers. But he did have two of his seven games played with three plus passing touchdowns. So that's some upside right there. 28.57% of his games played this past season. He had three-plus passing touchdowns. He had 14 touchdowns in seven games. So small sample size, but his high, you know, it was his highest touchdown percentage. Uh, that, to me, is interesting because we've seen in the past, right, the historic 
Jameis Winston, 2019, 33 touchdowns, 30 interceptions with the, the Buccaneers uh, year. He was the overall quarterback for during that season, averaged 21.25 fantasy points. And it's like mind boggling to think like for fantasy, you typically get minus points for interceptions. So imagine if that season he had 33 touchdowns, but he only had, you know, cut it in half, 15 interceptions. What would his, you know, his, his fantasy scoring have been like? So that's the Jameis Winston. If he's efficient, we can have as a guy that can throw for a bunch of touchdowns. I think if he is not as restrained, he can have the higher passing days. So to me, Jameis Winston's a guy that can have high passing upside. If I'm looking at that category, uh, will it be with the saints? You know, TBD, uh, could be with the, the Seahawks, right? They, uh, they moved on from Russell Wilson. Are they going to address the quarterback position in the draft? We're not sure. The Colts need a quarterback. Wentz is gone. Uh, the Saints, like I said, can bring him back. The Panthers are, you know, in all these talks right now for Watson, but who knows if that's going to be a thing. Could he compete with Mills for the Texans? Are the Browns going to move on from Baker Mayfield? Are the Giants going to move on from Daniel Jones? We're not sure. I mean, there's openings that are clear between the Seahawks and the Saints and the Colts. But I think he's the next guy in line. It was Mitch Trubisky, and then it's him. Marcus Mariota is probably in that in that race as well. But I think if I had to order those guys before anything happened today, it would have been Javis Winston and Mitch Trubisky is a top two uh, free agent uh, quarterback uh, quarterbacks available, and then probably Mariota after that. But uh, again, timing is key in Dynasty. If I'm in a super flex league, I'm not going to wait until he's a Seattle Seahawk or a Colt or back with the Saints. I'm going to make that move right now in Dynasty before anything happens because, again, the minute the sleeper notification goes off, his, his value is going to change drastically. So, uh, again, it's harder to grasp on keep trade cut, you know, for super flex sometimes, but uh, they threw out, you know, a high third for the, uh, for uh, a 2022 high third. Not sure how realistic that is. Uh, you're probably going to have to pay like a second in a super flex league for him. Uh, Jordan Love was another guy I mentioned. I would trade Jordan Love for Jameis Winston because uh, Jordan Love is going to be sitting behind Aaron Rodgers for another three, four years or whatever his contract was. So Jameis Winston, a guy to make a move for, especially in super flex leagues. So probably only in super flex leagues, right? Uh, before he actually finds a new home or is back to his, his old home with the, uh, the saints, but uh, more of a super flex suggested ad here. Um, one quarterback league, you probably don't need to make a push to get Jameis Winston, right? Last guy, last, uh, you know, I'm going to mention two last guys uh, before we wrap things up here. But Zay Jones, I'm going to mention just because I feel like in dynasty leagues, especially if you are in a deep league, it's great to have depth that could potentially turn into a flex play for a bye week, right? Or a flex play for an injury. I'm not saying a guy like Zay Jones is going to end up being your wide receiver two or your wide receiver three for fantasy. But again, if the cost is here, it like yeah, you can't see it. If the cost is there, we go here, right? And uh, his his production is slightly above, then it's worth it in dynasty, right? Uh, Zay Jones this past season, after the Raiders bye week, uh, which is week eight, Zay Jones played seventy five plus percent of the snaps in eight out of ten games. So we know Henry Ruggs um, was. In the incident he was in, uh, I was going to say my thoughts on rugs, but I'll just 
not get canceled for that. But Henry Ruggs out of the system. Um, he got the opportunity, right? Uh, Darren Waller is missing time as well, so they needed more pass catchers. Uh, for the fantasy playoffs, so a.k.a. weeks 15 through 17, Zay Jones was the wide receiver 16 overall, and he averaged 14.5 fantasy points during that stretch. So out of nowhere in the fantasy playoffs, this was a flex play. A guy that averages 14.5 fantasy points was a flex play that you could have used this past season. Uh, Zay Jones was targeted eight-plus times in all of the Raiders' final four games. Uh, Jones had a standout game in Week 17 versus the Colts. He caught eight balls for 120 receiving yards. Uh, with so many teams needing a wide receiver, I'm not going to list them all again. There's a chance that he fills into a team where he can get some sort of volume that creates the opportunity for him to be a flex play in a deeper league, right? Uh, so what's the cost for him, right? Um, the cost for him... My suggestion would be the addition of him in a trade for somebody uh, bigger, right? So let's say you and I are in trade talks, and the whole deal is focusing on player A, right? Player A, who's a top 20 wide receiver for Dynasty. Uh, we're, we're going back and forth. We're dealing for uh, guys that are not Zay Jones-focused. And to get the deal you know, finalized, I ask you, Hey, could we add Zay Jones to this trade? I'll be more comfortable afterwards. That's fair, right? I think at times, too, a dynasty, you know, a deeper league guy like this, you don't just approach the manager and say, I'm looking for Zay Jones. Can you take this fourth round pick? Because they're going to just tell you, like, what am I going to do with the fourth round pick? I might as well just like stash this guy. So if you are in trade talks, it doesn't have to be this massive trade. But let's say you're going back and forth and you sneak in a guy like Zay Jones, maybe it's worth it. I think there's a chance the Raiders re-sign him because they need somebody to fill the Ruggs role, and he was doing that in, in games. And again, is he a guy that's going to be your weekly starter? Maybe not, but uh, is he a guy that can uh, provide you some depth? I think so. I think so. Uh, last guy I mentioned, I'm not going to go into it super, super deep, but Russell Gage, he, he's a better he's a better option than Zay Jones, right? His, his price might, might be slightly higher. Uh, some people, you know, mentioned him when it came to the Ridley news. Do I think the Falcons are going to try to bring Russell Gage back? I actually think they will because he's been very good for them. Um, he's a guy that's uh, stepped up for the Falcons in the past when, when given the opportunity uh, this past season, Alone, we've saw multiple games, 16.7, 18.2, 22.23, 27.6. A lot of very good fantasy weeks, uh, especially when he's seeing decent volume. And they were giving him some good volume. If we're looking at weeks nine down, here are some of the targeted weeks, 8, 8, 7, 12, 12, and 13. Uh, and that's counting week 18 just for the sake of a full uh, regular NFL season. So, Russell Gage is a guy that's that's handled volume and work when given it pretty well for the Falcons. Um, does he re-sign? I'm not sure. He's been there for a bit. In the last two years, when guys have been banged up, he steps in. He can score touchdowns. I forget the stat. I had it before, and you know, I I could have pulled it up, but I, I tweeted it out like more than once. But uh, the amount of red zone targets he's had the last couple of years has actually been pretty impressive for a guy that you would never expect to have that sort of volume. And he's, he's scored. He's got a connection with Matt Ryan. So if he's back with the Falcons, I think he's a decent value. Again, is he, is he your wide receiver one wide receiver two? Hopefully not. Is he a guy who can flex weekly? Russell Gage, if given the opportunity could be that guy. Right. Uh, and again, I listed all the teams that might 
need a wide receiver but don't want to pay the premium price for uh, maybe Juju, whatever he costs. So they go for a Russell Gage. Um, and he's going to have the opportunity to have, probably weigh off some uh, some offers. This incoming class has a bunch of wide receivers that people are looking at, I'm sure. But again, Russell Gage is a proven guy. He's a proven guy. He's not like a 35-year-old veteran either, but he's a proven guy. When when given chances, he's produced. So I think Russell Gage is going to get some decent looks uh, for um, from, I'm sorry, from NFL organizations. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see where he goes. But again, can't wait. Can't wait because... Most of your league mates are not like actively having beers talking about Russell Gage. Uh, but the minute that the, the phone goes off and it says Russell Gage is now a chief night and day difference in valuation, um, low second, would you do that for Gage? Would you give uh, the 211 for Russell Gage? Maybe if you were desperate for a, a wide receiver, could you, could you, could you offer somebody in a super flex league like the 302? Maybe uh, it's it's just kind of push and pull. Uh, guys like Russell Gage and like Zay Jones, who is a further down deeply guy, it's kind of harder to um, to give the actionable like send this for them because I really really think that uh, these sort of deeper guys, uh, the values are different in, in in fantasy leagues because again, not a household name. If you ask me to give you Russell Gage. My price might be different than, you know, my brother who might have him in a, in a league and not really, you know, care too much about him. So uh, a little bit different uh, valuation, but it's just kind of a, a, a testing opportunity if you want guys like that, uh, you know, sending uh, that that high third and say, hey, you know, how how's that look for Russell Gage? Or like I said with Zay Jones, can you include him in a deal that's focused on other guys? But uh, that's it for today. Again, reacting to different um free agency moves that, that happened today. And then uh, going into some trade targets that I would make like now before they end up in new homes. And uh, while you're listening, or if you're listening to this podcast later in your car, uh, I probably just missed a bunch of free agency moves. If it's uh Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever the case is, but uh, it, it'll be an interesting week for sure. We still got a lot of moves uh, left to go. I'm looking at my phone now, just in case, uh, but uh, should be a fun time. So thanks guys for tuning in. Uh, one last thing, one last thing, Twitter, which I, I would assume most people who view this might be following me uh, on Twitter. Um, I have a pinned tweet. It's a, a giveaway contest. Uh, let's see if I can just pull it up real quick. My last thing, and then I, I'm done talking because I've been talking for almost 40 minutes by myself, um, which sounds stranger than it actually is. So, Here's the tweet I got on the screen here. Probably should show you the screen to make it. I have a free uh, Viridian Global shirt contest giveaway. Uh, and if you look at some of these shirts, they are badass. Like this is AJ Brown, Kyle Pitts, JT, Jonathan Taylor, Elijah Moore. There's so many different shirts. I just grabbed like a couple that I thought were pretty cool. Uh, Viridian Global does all my P2W fantasy uh, merchandise and they do awesome stuff for uh, NFL teams. So, this is how you enter the, uh, the the contest here. You have to be following me. So if you're seeing this and you don't, you have to be following me on Twitter. Uh, and then you subscribe to anything, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, this link tree. You can click that and you can find the links there. If that is not working because it wasn't earlier, you can just type in the P2W Fantasy to any of those things and, uh, and subscribe. Take a screenshot. Throw it in the comments and retweet it. Super simple stuff to potentially win a shirt. And to be honest, like not not a lot of people are doing it right now. If I if I followed anybody that had a contest and and, and had you know free merchandise uh, up for grabs, then I'm for sure doing it. But uh, 
jump on that contest. It's it's my pinned tweet on Twitter. If you want to do that, uh, it's two clicks to subscribe to something. And uh, what what do you get it? You know, out of it obviously is the the chance to win a shirt. What do I get out of it? Subscription so that I can have more people seeing my content and hearing my uh, my voice uh, more often. But uh, again, that's the pinned tweet there. Uh, thanks guys for tuning in, and uh, I'll have more stuff out this week. So stay tuned.